Today we are going to talk about dreaming, dreaming big. Um, and I need a little audience participation before we uh, dig in this morning. I'm going to show you two scenarios. And in just a minute, I'm going to have you vote which of these scenarios best describes your life, okay? So scenario one is something happens in your life, and then the next thing happens, and then the next thing happens, and then maybe like you get a promotion or what, like you just keep doing what you're supposed to, and step by step by step, you like just move in this linear fashion, okay? That's scenario one. All right, everybody clear. Scenario one is step by step by step. Things algebraically work out in your life, okay? Some of you, that may be the situation, okay? Step by step by step. Decision that One decision you make leads to this next incredible thing and the next incredible thing and the next incredible thing. Maybe that's some of you, okay? Scenario one. Scenario two is um, three steps back. Um, whoops, you know, I did a little something that set me back and then I'm over here because this decision did this and then when I was least expecting it, there was illness or sickness and I'm over here and then something like I, I figure out how to heal or I get what I need and I move forward and then I'm back again but then like I, I figure out what's going on and I, I keep going, going straight. Okay, that's scenario two. Does that make sense? It's a little like wavier, windier kind of road, Okay. So this is where you participate. It, does everybody understand scenario one and scenario two, okay? If your life has looked like scenario one, go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Y'all can stand up if that's your life. All right? If your life has looked like scenario two, stand up. If your life has looked like scenario 1.5, Everybody else sit down. If it's scenario 1.5, somewhere in the middle, you can stand up. There you go. I love it. I love it. All right. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Thank you for participating. Honestly, my life is more like 2.5. I like run circles here and then go forward and then backwards and then that way. And anybody who works with me is like, yes, that's exactly how, uh, how she is. So this morning, we are going to start by reading the creation story because... Every single one of you have a dream in your heart. Every single one of you came here this morning with a dream in your heart. And some of you this morning have run into block after block after block after block for those dreams. Some of you have ran that windy, crooked, crazy path and you've gotten here and it's somewhere close to that dream that you had in your heart. And some of you are like, the dream changed about 10 years ago, and I don't even know what the dream is anymore. I don't even know what the dream is anymore. I want to tell you a story about the God who created you. A God who had a dream in his heart for creating you and this whole world. A God who is a dreamer and who made us in his image so that we can also dream. Okay, I want you to listen to this. Genesis chapter 2 verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. So this is a story about how heaven and earth were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heaven. Who made the heavens and the earth? God. Okay, y'all passed. Good, good. Now... I want you to hear what happened. No shrub had yet appeared on the earth. 
and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a human from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. Where was the garden planted? Eden, in the east, okay? And there he put the human that he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What's in the middle of the garden? Tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. So the one river has four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. I'm going to pronounce these wrong, so don't tell anybody, but it's just the best I can do. So one of the four headwaters is Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there is gold. Who wants to live in Havilah for your dreams to come true? Me. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gahan. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Now, this is important. Listen to this part. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So he gets this perfect garden to work and take care of. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat. From the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. What happens if you eat from that tree? You die. The Lord God said, it is not good. It is not good for this human to be along. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals. How did God form the wild animals? Out of the ground. Very good. And all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was the creature's name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of his ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That's why man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Then listen to this. Adam and his wife were both naked, just as they are before God, and they felt no shame. Can you remember a time where you have stood in front of someone completely and totally who you are and felt no shame? This was the recipe for dreaming. This was the recipe for dreaming. Out of the ground and dirt and mess of the world, God got a handful of that and created me and you and us. And we stood before God. Naked, completely who we were, with the dreams in our hearts, and we felt 
no shame. We felt no shame. If you grew up in church, you may know a different creation story, which is found in Genesis chapter 1. On the first day, God created something, right? And then on the second day, God created the next thing. And on the third day, God created the next thing. And on the fourth day, God created. And on the fifth day, God created. On on the sixth day, God created. And then on the seventh day, God rested, right? Some of you know that story. I was in seminary, which is graduate school for pastors, before I knew there were two creation stories. The one I just read to you in Genesis chapter 2, where God forms all of this stuff out of the dirt of the earth, and the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, where one thing leads to the next, okay? I am like literally sitting in my first day of intro to the Old Testament class. It is taught by a man who grew up in Syria. He has this really thick English accent. And I like raised my hand and I said, excuse me, um, there are two creation stories. I don't know what to do with this. And the guy was like, I know what kind of uh, student you're going to be the rest of the semester. I was like, you're going to have to help me make sense of this. And he looks at me right in the face and he says, oh, Erika. Oh, Erica, God is not an algebra teacher. God is a storyteller. God is not an algebra teacher. God is a storyteller. And in Genesis chapter 1, God says, God tells us that he created humankind in his own image. Sorry for any algebra teachers. That is not the only dream God has for you in your life. God wants you to tell a story where people can stand before him completely and totally who they are with the dreams they have in their heart for a better world and feel no shame. What happens after this? What happens after this part is is Adam and Eve, a serpent comes, a snake comes up to them, encourages them to drink, or not drink, to eat from the tree that leads to knowledge of good and life. And and then they sow these six, so they do something wrong, right? They... And then they all of a sudden feel shame, so they sew these fig leaves together and put them on themselves. Like, y'all, that's silly, okay? Have you seen a fig leaf? Like, what what is that going to cover up, okay? And so they sew these together, and they're like, we're going to stand before God like this. And can I tell you what God does? God, who told them the one thing you're not supposed to do is eat from this tree of good and evil and that all of a sudden they feel shame and pain and grief and guilt because they did the one thing God told them not to do and they've done the best they can to cover it up and to hide it. Does that story sound familiar to anybody in here? They do the best they can to cover it up and hide it up and you know what God does? He takes an animal and he skins the animal and he gives it to them and he says, try this. What you put together to cover yourself up doesn't work. It's not good enough. But here's something that will work. Even when they did the one thing they weren't supposed to do, we see God's heart from the very beginning. And it is a heart of grace and love that gives us what we need even when we make decisions that get us off the path. This is what I think. This is why I think there are two creation stories. I think there are times in life where our dreams make sense. Step by step by step by step to get where we are supposed to be. And there are times in our lives where God has taken the ground and the muck and the mess of the world and created something beautiful. 
There are times when your dreams will be accomplished step by step by step and there are times where you will stand before God with all of the mess and muck of your life. Divorce, financial ruin, bankruptcy, uh, heartbreak, failure, pain, grief, shame, death, what... Uh, illness, a million things. There are times where you stand before God and in your hands all you hold is the mess, the mess of this world. Did you hear what God does with that muddy mess? God breathes life into it and God creates something new. God takes the mess and the muck and he breathes life into it. And God makes something new. For those of you who had a dream in your heart that has not been realized yet, who are sitting here with muck and mess in your life, give it to God. Give it to God who breathes new life into it and does something new. In Revelation chapter 22, the very end of, of the book. So Genesis is like this part, and then there's all these stories about the ways humans continue to do that little runaround thing instead of the step by step by step, what God, what God said. And story after story after story, God redeems and makes new. God redeems and makes new. God redeems and makes new. God takes the muck and the mess and breathes new life into it. And then at the very end, at the the very end of the book, the very end, after all these stories, after God sends us Jesus, Jesus who shows us how to live step by step by step, loving God and loving people in this world, after our world said that is too messy, that is too complicated for us, God sends Jesus, his only son, to die on the cross for us and our sins. And for three days, for three days, that you want to talk about darkness and mess, he was laid in the hole of, an earth, of our earth. And what does our God do? With holes and caves and the darkness of the earth, God scoops it up in his hand. And do you know what God did to Jesus? He breathed new life into him and death and darkness and the muck and the mess once again did not have more power than God. Can I get an amen? Jesus rose again from the dead to save us all from this earthy, broken mess that we live in so often. He breathes new life into it. And Jesus appears before scared and frightened people as a new and resurrected Lord and says there's a new way to live. God is continuing this amazing work that only God can do, creating something new and amazing out of the dirt and mess and muck of our lives. God breathes something new into Jesus. And then we learn about the ways that God creates the church to be people who speak that good news to the poor and the hungry and the orphaned and the widows. The folks who everybody else said, you are muck and, and waste of the earth. We're just going to throw you over to the, to the side. God says no. And people just like you sit in private rooms and houses in the Middle East hiding from, from people who don't want this way to catch, catch wind and, and move on. And, and they sit there and God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love God and I want you to love your neighbor. I want you to care for the sick and the hurting. And I want you to tell those people who keep lying and gossiping and telling bad things about you, I want you to tell them they don't have more power than the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, he, he takes, literally uses the humans of God's church to go out into the places where society has just torn everybody, 
all these people that don't fit in their box, just put them outside. And God says, you as the body of Christ, go get them. Wrap them in your arms, feed them bread, clothe them. Give them what it is they need. And God takes the muck and the mess through people like you and He breathes new life into it. Can I get an amen? amen? Then, in Revelation, there is a man named John. He's on a beach in Greece. It, like Y'all seen the pictures of cruises to Greece, right? Like It is a good place to take a nap. John's taking a nap, and a vision comes to him from God where he shows him what all is going to happen with this world, where there is so much brokenness and so much pain and so much heartache, right? He shows him what all this is going to look like. But in the end, he shows him what our God is going to do through Jesus to make all things new. And he says to him, he says to John, he says this, he says, Behold, I am making all things new. He looks John right in the face. And Jesus says, I am making all things new. Can y'all say all? Did I say some? Did y'all say some? What is it? What is it in your life that you're like, there's no way God could make that new. I need to tell you that the promise from the God who takes the muck and the mess of this earth and time and time and time again has proved to us that he can breathe new life into it, said, I am making all things new. What is it? in your story right now that is that something that you don't think God can make new? What is it? And I need you to hear these words. That the God who defeated sin and death forevermore through Jesus Christ whispers to us this morning, I am making all things new. What is the dream in your heart that you believe you've messed up too bad to get there? What is the thing that has gotten in the way of you being the person God has called you to be? Who is the person who has betrayed you or hurt you? What is the decision that you have made? What is the grief, the heartbreaking grief that you have endured? What is the diagnosis? What is it? What is it that's holding you back? Can you hear these words? Behold, I am making all things new. I have a list right here of 12 people who I've watched this happen to. Amy Green came to our church 18 months ago, 18 months ago, and she looked at me and she said, I have no idea what God is asking me to do. I have no idea. And in our church, she feels this, she has an MDiv, she has that same degree that I have from seminary. And she's like, I have no idea what to do with this. And in our church, she caught this call, this whisper from God, I'm making all things new and I want to use you to do some new and powerful things in the world. So she went and got a master's in social work and now she's a chaplain creating amazing ministries. We won't see her again until January because she's working the holiday tent at Metropolitan Ministries, making sure the poor and hurting among us have food and presents and the things kids need this time of year. Can I get an amen? God took someone whose dreams had been completely and totally shattered and destroyed and made and is making right now something new. You can drive to the Metro Holiday Tent right now and you'll see God using Amy Green's heart and hands and feet to make all things new right here, 
right here in our city. He does it in her life and in the world. Shannon shows up two, a year and a half ago, walks in the back of a church that's meeting in Wrights. That's us. We met in the back of a restaurant over in, in South Tampa. And he comes in. And slowly but surely he has walked in a faith and he stood up here two weeks ago and shared a story about how God is making all things new. No bad decision, no court case, no nothing can hold back the power of God who's making all things new. Behold, God is making all things new. I met with Crystalline three years ago for coffee. And she said, Erica, I am, I won't tell you how old she is, but she said, I'm this age and I thought by now I'd be married or at least be on my way and have, have a good st- steady and stable career and things aren't turning out like I want them to. Can you pray for my career and can you pray for my future husband? 18 months ago, I officiated the wedding of her and, or a year ago. How long ago was it? It was, it was a little over a year ago. I officiated the wedding of her and Peter. I baptized her husband in, the be, in Tampa Bay. Like, behold, behold, I am making all things. What things? All things new. Breakups, divorces, adoptions, Foster care, cases finalized, family dysfunction, retirement. Some of y'all are like, I'm, I'm retiring and I have no idea what a dream would look like. This feels like a messy, this is not what I imagined it looking like. And God said, behold, even in a season of retirement, I am making all things new. Breakups, divorces, family dysfunction, all of the things. God is making all things new. And we gather here for an hour on every Sunday morning, not because we believe that just showing up and taking step by step by step each Sunday is somehow going to create some magical something in the world. But we show up on Sunday mornings and we worship a God who says, Behold, stop in the middle of this broken world that, that destroys dreams, that is known for destroying dreams. Behold, Right now, behold, stop and listen. I am making all things new. There is a world. Some of them walked right to that park this morning. Some of them are walking to brunch right now. Some of them go to school with you or work with you or hang out with you at your exercise places. Who even knows where where all these people are who do not know that there is any way, that there is a God who's creating a new way For them in their lives. They are all hung up on everything else in their lives. And the only way, the only way that that will be told to them is because a God created you. Not the person beside you, not the person up front, not the person in the back. You, in His image, with a dream in your heart to tell other people about the new things God wants to do in this world. I watch the news, I read the newspaper, I'm on Facebook, and I talk to some of y'all. I know this world needs a new way of doing things. And it is time we quit expecting everybody else to do it, and we believe in the promise of the God who showed us time and time and time again that He is making all things new. It's your hands, your feet, your heart, your eyes, and mine, that are going to tell people about the new thing. This year in our church, in our church, there were people who showed up at a laundromat 
And laundromats are expensive now. They don't have a washer or a dryer, and we put quarters in the laundromat for them, and we put their clothes in the, in the washing machine and their clothes in the dryer, and we gave them all the things they needed for it to look great and amazing because we believe God's making all things new, even dirty laundry. And in the middle of that, of that time, we had conversations. Kelly Wilkerson's praying with people over the brokenness and heartache in their lives because we believe God is making all things new. Our partnership with Sheremonte is at Sheremonte Elementary School. It's a Title I school right here in South Tampa. It's stronger than it's ever been. We have kids in fifth, sixth grade at Monroe Middle School that are thriving because they had six adults sit down with them and mentor them and help them through their fifth grade year. Can I get an amen? All things new. All things new. We've had dozens of baptisms, immersion baptisms. That, y'all y'all want to know something? Y'all want to hear about a little dream I had? When I was little, my friends would come over. And my, my aunt had a swimming pool, and we'd go swim, and I would baptize all my friends in the shallow end of the pool. Like, I wanted to grow up and baptize people, and I get to do it. God's making all things new. It's so exciting. Um, y'all were like, that's weird. <laughs> um, it, it's not that weird. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we've had dozens of baptisms. We have new kids every single week. We have, uh, we've extended a welcome to all people, uh, like unabashedly so. We have seen people enter into recovery and find sobriety. We have people sitting in these very seats who have experienced church trauma and hurt and who are finding a new way and a new day right here. Behold. Look around. Behold. God is making all things new. Next year, in like four or five weeks, next year, we are going to add volunteering with women coming out of prison to our list of ways that we shine light and ignite change and profess the promise that God is making all things new. We will meet new people at a new space, a bowling alley called Panorama. Uh, in South Tampa on the corner of Gandy and Del Mabry, we will meet new people there and we will introduce them to the God who wants to make all things new. We'll continue to build a youth group. We'll continue to have more space to invite more kids into our kids' ministry. We will start new small groups. God is making all things new. And it is possible because you show up every single week. And because we are honest that sometimes it is step by step by step by step that God makes dreams come true. And sometimes it's a really windy path. Amen? And whichever place you are, we promise this. That it's not just about our dream. It's about your dream too. And we are going to do everything possible to walk with you, support you, pray for you. As you see the dreams of God come alive in your heart. I'm going to ask the band to come up. They're going to play for just a second. And I just, I'm going to pray over us for a minute. And I just want you to be really honest. What's the dream God's placed in your heart? What's the dream that God has placed in your heart? What thing do you think God can't make new? Can you just listen to the words, Behold, I am making all things new. I'm going to give you just a minute to pray silently, and then I'll pray for us.
God, for the dreams in this place, we lift them up to you. For the things that stand between us and the dreams you've given us, God, we believe and confess that Jesus has already defeated them and we only need to take his hand and walk with him there. For those of us who are struggling to give all of our life, all of our dreams, all of our heart to you, we do that this morning because we trust the promise that you are making all things new. We love you. We pray so much, so hard for this church. May we be your hands and feet making all things new. Amen.